Mental Health Monday is powered by Rogers Behavioral Health, helping patients, families, and communities rise above the challenges of mental illness and addiction. That's Rogers Behavioral Health. More at rogersbh.org. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another edition of Mental Health Monday with a previous guest, Mr. Patrick Schultz from Milwaukee Counselor. Thank you for coming back and being another guest. It's always good to talk to another dude about mental health, right? Oh, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Now, um, we're, we're in uh, uncharted territories. It doesn't really feel like uncharted anymore because we've been doing the pandemic thing for like eight, nine months now. So it's just, it just seems like life now, really. Right. It's becoming old hat. But now we're going into, we had the, the benefit in the beginning of the pandemic happening in March when you had spring and like the weather was getting nicer so we could look forward to summer and getting outside and being outdoors. But now it's starting to get to be darker times the year seasonal effectiveness disorder can start to set in so as a, as a so licensed counselor i mean what kind of advice can you give to people heading into kind of a darker time of the year literally and metaphorically as well because we're still dealing with covid and it's getting darker so what are some things that we can do to be mindful heading into this time of the year yeah i mean it's it's kind of a double whammy i mean yeah. dealing with the the pandemic stuff i mean we've all become fairly accustomed to staying at home more and getting, you know, more involved just in our, our own lives and, you know, obviously our own close family that's at home with us. Yeah. Um, but it has very much changed the way we do things. And then you couple that now with the change in seasons and not being able to go outside, not being able to, to be as active with outdoor types of activities. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really going to be a challenge, I think, for the vast majority of people out there, if not everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the, the, the things that come to mind are, you know, just staying as physically active as possible. Um, yeah. you know, I, I know we live in Wisconsin where it can be 60 degrees one day and 20 below zero and snowing the yeah. next, but you know, that's why God gave us jackets and yeah. things to bundle up with. So the more that you can do to get yourself outside, busy, enjoying as you know the sunshine and as much daylight as you possibly can absolutely 100% do that hands down I mean, if it's just walking around even in your own yard or in your own apartment complex in the parking lot mm-hmm. getting outdoors and getting that sunlight and getting your blood moving a little bit there is something to be said yep yeah as opposed to just vegging out on the couch and losing all hope in life which sometimes you feel like just laying down in Netflix and chilling with yourself <laughs> which is fine <laughs> from time to time but I think it's good to get out and exercise um, a lot of the things that we do around the holidays are circled around family it's a very communal time of year with Thanksgiving and Christmas um, how do we do it now this year? They're saying like not to gather in big groups. 
a lot of people are getting sick of the virtual thing. How do we get over that hump of the, the fatigue that we're feeling from the constant Zooms and the FaceTimes and things like that? Yeah, I don't know if there's a way that we really can get rid of it at this point and, and get past kind of the monotony of that lack of personal contact. Um, I, I think be creative. One thing that technology has shown, I think, over the last eight, six, seven, eight months here is that I mean, it is extremely adaptable in the fact that we can have much more significant contact with people than what we would have even five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, so in that in that instance, it's very much as a blessing that we have the ability to still connect with people, see people, talk to them, you know, share share our lives in ways that you maybe would not have been able to before, but it, it definitely does not replace the, the in-person type of interaction. So I, I guess my suggestion and probably something that I'm going to be taking advantage of too is being creative with it and not just having it be, you know, a simple, let's, let's sit down and have a, a face to, you know, a screen to screen kind of an interaction, but, you know, make it a theme, like have a, like an eighties themed, like costume type thing for, for Thanksgiving, just find ways to have fun with it. So that way it isn't the same boring monotony, just being creative and, and using it. I just think of people with headbands and like neon shirts and tube tops and spandex. And that sounds like a much more fun and festive Thanksgiving <laughs> right now off the bat. You might, be on, visuals. you might be onto something, Patrick. You really might be onto something. Now, um, there are some people who, I think there's kind of two sets of people. I think there's some people that are still very much into serious pandemic mode and have been kind of in lockdown and taking everything very seriously, not leaving their house unless they absolutely have to. And you have some other people who have been less reserved with their lives and going out and doing going about their business, some safe, maybe some recklessly. But what do we do when we're approached with maybe someone in our own household who is more apt to going out and they kind of want to live their lives, but you are a little more scared of it. And let's say for the sake of argument, there are no pre-existing conditions in the household. So there's no like outright blatant disregard for someone's health within the house. You've got just a couple healthy people living at home together. One is like, I'm going out. The other one, no, we're staying home. How do we navigate those waters of disagreeing but still living in harmony? Yeah, that's a, a tough one. I Thank you for taking the, the clause out of there of the pre-existing condition. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> if it is, then, then you're living. I think if you have someone with pre-existing conditions in your home and someone not taking that into account, you need to, I think, reevaluate that entire relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it personally, that's what I would say. But I don't there'd know about some, you, but there'd be some big discussions that would have to be had for sure. Right. Um, but if we're looking at just a, a normal quote unquote relationship that is, you know, no major red flags or issues there, I, I think a lot of it's going to have to be some compromise. I mean, as as we've talked about, I think in you know in previous times that you and I've talked, you know, the the idea of communication and compromise in relationships is ultimately really the key to a successful relationship, and recognizing that, you know, just because one person and one partner in the relationship wants something one way and the other one wants it a different way, doesn't mean that you're at an impasse and nothing can change. It's just a matter of being able to understand what each partner is wanting, desiring, and needing, and then working together to figure out how the needs of both people can be met. And maybe it has to be, you know, an idea of one partner, you know, if that's the one that wants to go out and and go to a restaurant, maybe that person finds a couple of friends or close acquaintances that they would want to be able to go out with, you know, being safe and and doing what you need to do to, to maintain social distancing, things like that. But doing it responsibly. Right. 
And then the other partner having to be able to communicate and acknowledge that my uh, my partner has needs as well as as do I. And at this point, those needs don't align, and and that's okay. My partner is able to do what he or she wants to do, and we're going to let it be that way. I'd, I wish that we lived in a world that where it was that simple. And that's, it seems really simple when you say it like that. I mean, it really does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely not as cut and dry as that. But I mean, yeah. that's the, the very basis of it is, you know, how do you talk? How do you communicate with your partner and, and are able to say, this is what I really want at this point in time. This is what I need at this point in time for me to be mentally healthy, to, you know, deal with stress appropriately. Um, and and the, obviously the other partner is able to say that as well. And that's where the compromise comes into play is, you know, maybe the one time one partner wants to go out and that compromise is to stay at home and maybe do something different, have a game night or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and maybe the compromise the other way is to, you know, go out, pick something up and come back home. Yeah. So, I mean, you're at least kind of getting the best of both worlds then. Yeah. Um, I had put out uh, our conversation that we were going to be having on my Facebook page. And I said, cause a lot of people are curious about seeking out therapy or counseling. And maybe they haven't pulled, you know, pulled the lever on it yet and gone move forward with it. Or maybe they're apprehensive. So I just simply posed the question, if you could ask a therapist any question, what would it be? And I got some responses. Would you mind if I asked some of those to you real quick? No, absolutely. The first one was from Lisa. She wanted to know, what made you choose your profession? Was it for the job or was it for the paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not for the paycheck. Um, right. You know, I, I think that it turns into more of a calling than anything. Um, but kind of roundabout story, I actually wanted to work in dentistry. Um, was really interested in that as an option. and. Really? Some, some things along the way kind of changed courses and changed directions for me. And I sort of, by happenstance, fell into um, counseling and psychology and realized, A, not only am I good at this, but B, I really, really enjoy this. And, you know, you kind of have a couple of different options to go. You can either go kind of the academic research route or you can go more of the personal clinical interaction, route. clinical route. And that was the one that seemed much more appealing to me. And that's kind of where it took me from there. And I got to say, I am extremely happy with the decision that I made. Um, I mean, I get to, to meet the most wonderful people pretty much on a daily basis. And, you know, I don't think there's really any other job in the world where you get to hear kind of the most intimate personal and sacred details of someone's life who is trusting you literally with their life um, and being able to help them grow change and achieve and watching it all happen is it's really really amazing to see and, and very very rewarding so that's that's really why I, I chose the profession is to be able to watch that growth and change happen yeah, that seems like it makes sense. I had another question from Jamie on my Facebook page. She says, I know you work a lot with couples and you do couples counseling, couples therapy with Milwaukee Counselor. MilwaukeeCounselor.com is your website, by the way. Um, Jamie wanted to know, how is it possible that a husband can cheat on a wife or a wife can cheat on a husband and yet still claim to love the person that they cheated on? Ooh, that's a that's a big question. Right? Um, a lot of people deal with, and you know, infidelities and relationships and mm -hmm. I would say yeah, probably more often than not the man is the one that cheats at least that's what gets publicized the most and talked about the most but women can also be you know unfaithful as well but mm -hmm. I've how does somebody that does that can they still claim to love someone that they're that they were with yeah and I mean I I guess I can't really give a, a straight 
full answer on that because every situation is is slightly different and every motivation behind the infidelity is also different. Um, but the, the best answer that I could give now would be, um, I mean, I, I think there's very much a difference between physical attraction and, you know, physical lust versus emotional love and emotional connection. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine that, you know, some of that would play a part in, in, I don't know if it's this person's particular, situation but yeah. um that there's you know someone can still very much be emotionally in love with someone but physically be attracted to someone else or um you know it might be indicative of other things that are going on and the way to deal with it for that one person was to seek out that extramarital affair um but if you know, if Jamie is that individual and in that situation, I would strongly encourage, you know, getting into a, a couples counselor to be able to kind of ask some of those questions in a safe environment to find mm -hmm. out, you know, why is it that you say that you love me and when you just did X, Y, and Z yeah, and start that healing process and being able to move forward. So I would, I would almost think it's like a, like a, a regret type thing. Like maybe you don't still love them, but you say that you do because you feel guilty for what you've done. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I've, I've had couples that it very much is, they are still emotionally in love with the person. It's just, there's for whatever reason, a variety of factors that, that played into the infidelity happening. Yeah. Um, so that emotional love really is still there, but then it's obviously a matter of figuring out how to, to move beyond, like you said, the guilt, the regret, you know, whatever else it might be kind of mixed in there. Men are better at uh, separating emotion from physical. I mean, they can they can have a, 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 a physical relationship with somebody without attaching emotion to an extent. Some men can more than women can. I think women attach emotion to sex a lot more than men do. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think most research does kind of point into that general direction that yeah. there is a, a pretty clear and distinct difference between how men and women view sex and yeah. view those physical relationships. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Um, going into another question, this is from uh, one of my friends, Billy. Uh, Billy has been he's been through a lot this year. Um, he's he had COVID. He had his house that burned down. He's he lost a job. He got back. He got a job again. He's had a kid. So he's been through a lot. He says I've a lot of feelings of not doing enough for years. I've not been good enough. My efforts aren't good enough. I'm working 70 plus hours a week. How do I address this problem and find ways to accept the things that I do in life as being good, even when I'm getting support from my fiance? So she's giving him support as well, but he still, he has, still has these feelings, feelings of inadequacy. inadequacy. What mm -hmm. can he do to kind of help fill that hole? I mean, first off, wow, my, my heart goes out to you. I mean, that's... Yeah any one of those things in any normal year outside of 2020 would be yes. very, very difficult to deal with. But then you, you combine all of that stuff all together in this crap storm that is 2020. And mm -hmm. I mean, wow, my, my heart does go out to you on that one, Billy. Wow. You know, without getting too much into the, the clinical side of things, because I obviously I don't know the backstory and a lot of what yeah. is going on. Um, one of the things that I actually do a lot of with my clients is something called positive affirmations. And I think this can really be of benefit to just about everybody, you know, who's listening, anybody else out there is taking some time, you know, two, three, four minutes a day and identifying something positive that happened that day. Something that you saw, something that you did, something that someone did for you yes. and being able to write it down, um, write it down, say it out loud until you hear it, until you can you know, really take that 
that in and then keep a running list of all those positive affirmations that you put down on a daily basis so that way when you know life brings you down or kicks you when you're down and just makes you feel that sense of inadequacy you can turn to this big long list of all the positive things that you've done seen accomplished and that can be kind of a nice reminder that this is only a temporary thing mm-hmm. um you know that like can really, like, a grat- really help. like a gratitude list almost exactly yep mm-hmm. exactly i've said that too and it feels like even the smallest things don't take them for granted like waking up in the morning and brushing your teeth and getting dressed and going out and actually moving forward with your life giving yourself credit for even the smallest things because i feel like even the small little things will add up to big things because you take so many little things that you do every day for granted. So many of them. Absolutely. Yep. I completely agree. Uh, for people that are curious about reaching out and talking to a counselor, there's tons of them out there. There's uh, Patrick and his, uh, you guys at uh, Milwaukee Counselor do th- great things. Yeah, we've got a wonderful team of, oh goodness, I want to say six other clinicians right now yeah. off the top of my head. So yeah. I mean, we got you know, a number of very good people that are available. So my other question for you as a, as a therapist, do you take offense to a client that comes to you meets with you and then realizes maybe they don't jive with you and say, Hey, you know what? This isn't really a good fit for me. Can you recommend someone else? Do you take offense to that? Not at all. In fact, I actually strongly encourage that. Um, because you know, finding a therapist is a very personal thing. And for whatever reason, if you're not connecting with them, you're not going to feel comfortable enough to open up with them. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to speak for all therapists out there, but I think just about every one of us is very much willing to say, hey, this relationship isn't working, or I think you would be a better fit to go to someone else, because that's how you're going to grow. That's how yeah. you get to move forward. So, and, you know, we'd be absolutely help, happy to help kind of make that transition happen. So I've talked to people that are with therapists that are like, I just don't jive with them. I'm just not getting along with them. I don't know what to do. And I was like, you can tell them this. So I wanted to ask someone that was a therapist, would you take offense to that? And I'm glad that you you immediately said no, because that's kind of was my first reaction is as a therapist, you would probably want what's best for anybody, mm-hmm. a client or anybody walking in off the street that's looking for mental health help. Yep, absolutely. Cool, 100%. man. Well, thanks so much. Uh, give the website again. It's MilwaukeeCounselor.com, correct? It is indeed. Nice. So reach out to Patrick or reach out to really anybody if you're looking for help because a lot of people are going to need it, especially heading into the winter and continuing on with the pandemic, even though there's looks to be some promise with a vaccine, maybe. That's, that's good news, right? Hopefully. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed so we can <laughs> kind of get moving on that and get back to regular day life. I will cross my toes, too, dude. Crossing everything. <laughs> nice. Patrick Schultz with Milwaukee Counselor. Thanks so much for being a guest again this week for Mental Health Monday. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it as well.